Hello, you're listening to Van Street Baptist Church, located in Danville, Virginia, where you will hear the Word of God delivered by our very own Reverend Maurice Farrell. Now let's sit back and enjoy the Word. We're going to continue in our sermon series, God's Positioning System, GPS, and we're going to move down just a little bit. Um, to verse number 8 in verse 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to go down to verse number 8. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. 1 Kings chapter 17, starting at verse number 8. I'll be reading from the NIV version of this particular passage of text. God's positioning system. You can't go wrong when you follow God's direction. First Kings chapter 17, starting at verse eight, reads as thus. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you said, but first make me a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her, so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. There was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. There was food every day, y'all not hearing me, for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Our gracious and almighty God, we thank you for the moment that you have provided. It is the teaching and preaching moment, Lord God. And I pray now, Lord God, that you will hide me behind your cross. Lord God, let them see none of me and all of you, Lord God. Lord God, have your way in this place, Lord God. Lord God, we'll be surely careful to make sure your name gets all the glory and all the praise. Lord God, just leave us with the blessings, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Let everybody say amen, amen, amen. Amen. Just for a few moments as the spiritual guide, I want to preach from the theme, he's already worked it out. He's already worked it out. Let me, let me start this message off by saying it's one thing to trust God to do something for you 
It's, it's one thing to trust God when you're asking him to change something in your life, when, when you're asking him to bless you with resources, when you're asking him to make something go away that's unpleasant in your life. It's one thing to trust God to do something or change something in your life, but it's a whole nother thing to trust God through something. When you can't see a solution and you have to trust that God is going to send a solution to you. It can be very challenging to trust God when he puts you through circumstances in which you just don't understand. Anybody in there just don't understand some of the things you gotta go through? But you have to trust that he is working on your behalf and that he's working in your situation behind the scenes and it's all gonna work out for your good. I have come to the point in my life, Minister Harrison, that while I'm following and trusting in God, I have come to the understanding that I just need to let God be God. <laughs> I don't need to help God do what he do, I just need to let God be God. Even though my intellect and what I physically see is telling me there is no way that this can be done, even though what I have is running out, if I trust him to be God, surely he will make a way out of no way. So my assignment today is to let you know, regardless of what you see in front of you, regardless of the drought you may be in right now, you can expect that God is going to move and change some things in your life. And when he does move in your life and he moves you to a different place, he's not moving you just for happenstance. He's moving you because the resources are there when you get there. He's going to orchestrate and work things out for your good. And this is what we find in our text today. There is a drought in the land. Not only is there a drought in the land, but our two main characters are being impacted by the drought. Our leading male actor is the prophet Elijah, who has just announced a drought to King Ahab for their idol worship of Baal. He, he told the king there would be no more rain in the land until his God said so. Right. After Elijah makes this announcement, God has him to retreat eastward to a brook called Cherith. It is here that God gives Elijah his next ministry assignment. He tells Elijah, don't worry about needing resources when you get there. I have already worked it out on your behalf. God, help me right in through here. He says, I'm going to have the ravens bring you meat and bread in the morning and meat and bread in the night, and you can drink from the brook all you want to drink. Isn't it something how God won't let you run out, even when you're in the midst of a drought? Even in a drought, Elijah still has provisions every day. Elijah has room service, bringing him T-bone steak and cheddar low biscuits from Red Lobster. I wish I had twice a day he had this and, and all the San Pellegrino sparkling water he wanted to drink. And, and how many of you can testify that while you was in a drought, God had a way of making provision for you? You never went without anything. You didn't have all that you thought you needed to have, but you had just enough to get yourself through the situation. As a matter of fact, it was in your drought that you learned how to really trust God and really let God be God. 
Initially, you thought you could trust your job until they laid you off. You, you thought you could trust in your 401k plan until the stock market started to crash because of the coronavirus. I wish I had some help in here. And what you begin to discover is that when you're in your drought or in a dry place, the only one that you can really trust in is God himself. It was God who was keeping you. It was God who is sustaining you. It is God who is providing for you. It was God who is carrying you. It is God who keeps making a way each and every day of your life. That's why I can't understand how you can come into church and look at me with your mean self. Why don't you look toward God and say, Lord, I thank you for making a way for me, for providing for me, for giving me what I need when I need it. Is there anybody in here that's going to say, Lord, I thank you? And, 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 and don't miss this principle, church, because what the Spirit began to reveal through this text is that dry places in your life are not meant to destroy you. But the dry places in your life become the vehicle that will drive you to your purpose. Sometimes God guides us not by the doors he opens, but by the doors he closes. Sometimes God shuts doors so that you will move to a new room. God, help me in here. You got to get out of the kitchen and go to the living room. God, help me in here. You got to move from where you are to where God is trying to take you. These dry places and droughts in your life will be what qualifies you for your miracle. But he puts you in the dry place first. Because if he gives you the miracle before you are ready, he knows that you will make a mess of it. So he has to put you in a challenging place to develop you so that when he brings you out, you will appreciate the miracle that is waiting on you. So Elijah, I'm sending you to this brook to illustrate to you that my power and my glory is more than enough to sustain you through the drought. So Elijah, I just need you to keep trusting and believing. And that's a word for somebody in here today, that you may be in a drought right now, but if you can just keep on trusting in him, if you could just keep on holding on, I tell you, your change will come. A new beginning is on the way. A new start is right around the corner. New direction is in your email. All you got to do is open it up and click on it and say, I'm ready to go to my next place. Is there anybody in here ready for their new direction? And as the text points out, Elijah is not the only one in a drought. The text gives us information and data about our leading woman of the text, simply known as the widow. She is also in a drought. Uh, some years ago, uh, church, she stood at an altar and said, I do to the love of her life. And as life would have it, her husband's life ended abruptly. Um, now she is a single mom, God help me, trying to figure out how she's going to survive and make it on a limited income. Man, I'm preaching to somebody up in this place. How is she and her son going to make it with no father figure around? Nobody to teach him how to tie his tie. God help me in here. No, nobody to teach him how to be a man. Nobody to show him what it's 
like to do a hard day's work. The environment she's living in creates uncertainty and drought-like living conditions. And watch what God does. He instructs Elijah, who is in a drought, to find the widow who is in a drought herself. And he says, when the two of you come together, and when the two of you come together, God says, I'm going to bless the both of you. Ah, oh, God, help me right in here. That's, that's why you can't be picky about who you sit beside when you come to church. You can't be too bougie to talk to somebody because you might be sitting beside somebody who is in a dry place just like you. You might be rubbing elbows with somebody who's in a drought just like you. And the, the rules of multiplication says that if a negative times a negative will yield a positive income outcome. Let me help y'all with some theology and arithmetic. When you bring your negative and hook it up with my negative, and when God begins to multiply that thing, it's going to turn out to a positive. God, I wish I had some help in here. Is Has anybody got some negative situations in your life? Well, come on and hook up with me and let us give God some praise and watch him turn that thing around and put us in a positive direction. Mm. God's about to turn this thing around. So let me give y'all a few principles and I'm going to sit down and we're going to get ready for communion. The first thing the text teaches us in order that we'll understand that he's working it out is that you've got to remember what God said. It's right there in verse number nine. He tells Elijah, leave the brook at Cherith and travel to Zarephath and stay there. Now, uh, that seems really uh, normal because it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to you until you understand that to travel to Zarephath from Cherith was 100 miles. Um, so uh, you got to understand Elijah's at the brook. Even though the brook is drying up day by day, he still got ravens bringing him meat and bread in the day, meat and bread in the night, and he still got a little bit to drink. God is saying, leave that place. Leave that place. Leave the ravens. Leave the brook. I want you to walk 100 miles to a widow who has nothing. God, help me in here. Uh, I wish I had some help in here. So what you're saying, Lord, you want me to go from worse to worse. And that's what God will do sometimes. He will make you go from worse to worse just to show you how powerful he is. Mm. He says, he says to Elijah, I have commanded a widow who is also in a dry place to take care of you. He says, um, I didn't elevate her. No. I haven't created plenty or an abundance for her. No. But what I did, Elijah, was give her an assignment yeah. God, to bless you yeah. even while she's in a drought. Yeah. Uh, so this suggests that just because you are in a dry place doesn't mean that God can't use you to be a blessing to somebody else. Yeah. Mm. 
But here's the problem. Here's the problem that many of us have is that we begin to look around at what we are going through and what we have become disappointed about and blinded about our current situation, and it blinds us from the assignment that God has given us. So never let disappointment of dry places stop you from reaching your destiny. Never let negative talk around you keep you from your purpose. Never let your limited resources keep you from investing in your future. Man, who am I preaching to in here? Instead, you need to understand that his instruction and his assignments are bigger than your insecurities. So instead of focusing on what I'm lacking, I'm going to reflect on what you told me, God. You told me that you would take care of me. You told me that you would never leave me or forsake me, but that you will be with me even until the end. You told me I could do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You told me I'm the head and not the tail. God help me. You told me that I would be blessed in the city and in the field. You told me I was more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You told me I would be blessed wherever I went. You got to stop looking at what you see around you and remember what God said. He said that you was going to be all right. He said that even though you go through some hard times, he said, I'm going to deliver you from all of that. God help me. Is anybody remember what God said to you? You got to remember what he said. The next, tech, the next principle the text shows us is that, is that real faith is greater than what the eye can see. Just because I can't see it right now doesn't mean that God can't change my situation in the twinkling of an eye. And having real faith requires you to be obedient to God even when you don't like what God is doing with you. Look, I, I, sometimes I don't like God where he has me at. But yet I can't deny his instructions for me just because I don't like what he's doing to me. I wish I had some help in here. I was at the brook. I had steak in the morning, steak in the night. I had a little bit of water. And now you're telling me, God, to leave this place. Walk a hundred miles to see a woman who don't like me because she's a Gentile woman. She don't even want to hear nothing I got to say. And she going to feed me there? Somebody, I wish I had some real saints in here that would say, I don't like what God has me sometimes, but I still got to follow God. I don't like that he put me with this ministry. I, I don't like that he got people that talk about me, but I'm still going to do what God said. God, help me. <laughs> so look, y'all, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not making this stuff up. He sees the woman. He sees the widow woman. She's at the gate. He says, could you bring me a jar of water? And she says, sure, I can get you a jar of water. And, and while she's going, Elijah remembered what God told him, that the widow would feed him a meal. So he says, can you also bring me some bread? <laughs> now watch how the widow responds. She said, uh, look, Elijah, uh, Mr. Preacher Man, <laughs> I don't mind bringing you a jar of water. But I don't have enough for me and my son to eat. Mm. 
What makes you think I want to bring you some food before I feed myself and my son? Because right now, my focus is on making sure me and my son got what we need to have. See, see the widow was all right with being partially obedient to God's word. She was okay with just going part the way. God help me. But she struggled with the complete submission to God's will and his instruction. Isn't that how we do today in church? God gives us direct commands, but we give him partial obedience. Uh, let me challenge some of y'all right here. He tells us in the word that if someone strikes you on one cheek, you you supposed to turn <laughs> to the other cheek. Y'all, 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 y'all don't like me. I'll come back to y'all later. Uh, instead of having an eye for eye mentality, if that if you put your hands on me, I'm gonna put my hands on you. I'm supposed to turn. The Bible says that um, we should love our enemies and pray for those that despitefully misuse you. Look, let me, let me tell you this. You can't get back at everybody that has done something to you. You can't pay them back. Here, here it is. The reason why this is important, because every time you try to pay them back, you empty yourself out. And that's why you're running out of stuff, because you're trying to pay everybody back for what they did to you. Lord, look, I, I know you're lacking in love because of how they treated you. You're lacking in forgiveness because they hurt you. You're trying to hold on to your faith even though it hasn't happened yet. Can I give you a word that will help you in these situations? Because the Bible says, do not take revenge, my dear friends. Believe it to God, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, God help me, says the Lord. So all you have to do, and the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. God, help me right in through here. Stop trying to pay people back and let God do the paying back. You walk in his word. You pray for those. You turn the other cheek. You stop trying to pay people back and let God work that thing out. All right. Y'all didn't like that point. I knew y'all won't go shout there. Here, here's the last point, and I'm going to get out your hair. My third and final principle is that you can believe in exactly what God says. So watch what Elijah does. He, he says, okay, since you're, since you're going to go home and make a meal, I know you're struggling with it, but you're going to go home and do this anyhow uh, for you and your son. Uh, then you're going to go and die. He said, why don't you make my meal first? And look here, Miss Widow, if you do this, the Lord God of Israel said that your flour will not run out, nor jar of oil become empty until the rain comes back to the land. So look, Miss Whittle, if you're willing to trust God with your limited resources, he will turn it around and give you limitless resources. God will make what you have limitless even when it looks limited. 
I don't miss it, y'all. The widow says, look, all I got is a limited supply. But what God was trying to get her to see, I know it doesn't look like you have enough to finish, but you got more than enough to get started. So you need to stop worrying about the finish line and start focusing on the starting line and say, Lord, I'm going to give you the little bit I do have to get me started. Because if I can just get started, you promise that you will help me get to the finish line. And do I have any folks in Van Street this morning that can say I didn't have enough to finish, but I did have enough to get started. And when I use what I had to get started, God started making ways out of no way. If you can just use what you got, it's more than enough to get started. Whatever you got left, it's a good place to get started. If you're willing to trust God with the little that you do have left, he will sustain you in your dry place until the rain comes. God is saying if you can just put your little bit in my hand, I will make sure that you have enough when you're in the midst of a dry season. Somebody is in a dry season of divorce right now, but God is saying, bring me the little love that you do have left. I'm going to keep it until the new relationship comes. God, help me. Somebody is in a dry season of poor financial stability, but God is saying, if you can bring me what I asked for, I will make sure you have what you need until the blessing comes. Somebody's in a dry season of health, but God is saying, if you can still praise me without the healing, he said, I'm going to keep you until your healing comes. Or if you, all you have is a dime, that's a good place to start. If all you have is one suit, that's a good place to start. If all you got is one dress, that's a good place to start. If all you got is one good wig, that's a good place to start. If all you got is breath in your body, that's a good place to start. Because let everything that has breath, praise ye the Lord. Because praise is a good place to start. If you don't have no money, if you don't have no friend, spouses have walked out on you. Praise is a good place to start. Come on and show God what you got. Does anybody got a praise in here? I don't have no money, but I got a praise. I don't have a good job, but I got a praise. I don't have good friends, but I got a good praise. And my praise is a good start. So instead of complaining, instead of whining, instead of talking about my situation, I'm gonna go get it started. I'm gonna start focusing on what I don't have and worrying about the finish line. But instead, I'm gonna get it started with what I do have. I'm gonna use what I have left to get what I'm lacking because God has already worked that thing out. And when I bring what I have, when I give him my little bit, he'll begin to set it up and work it out. That's why I like the song. I came to Jesus just as I was. Y'all know the song. I was weary, wound and sad, but I found in him a sweet old resting place and he has made me glad. So Lord, work it out. Lord, work it out. Work out my circumstance. Work on my mind. Work on my heart. Work on my relationships. Work on my family. Work on my children. 
Work on my church. Work it out, God. Work on my marriage. Work in my job. And Lord, work on me. Saturate me with your love. Saturate me with your peace. Can somebody say, work it out? He's already. God, I feel good in here. He's already worked it out. Why are you trying to figure it out? <laughs> He's already worked it out. Ain't it something when you walk in and they already got your table prepared? They already got everything waiting on you. Come on, Mr. Farrell, your table is right here. They pull the chair out for you, put the thing in your lap, and bring your food to you. God is trying to get you to that place where he can escort you to your table. He's got angels to pull the chair back. God, help me in here. All you got to do is walk up and sit down. They're going to slide your chair into the table. Put the little lap napkin in your lap. Bring you a five-course meal. I'm trying to let it go. But I just need somebody in this place that can just trust God in your drop place. Because he's trying to turn that thing around. Is there anybody in here that can give God praise while you're in your drop place? Because you know your drop place is just a ticket to your better place. Because a better love is on the way. A better joy is on the way. A better praise is on the way. A better worship is on the way. If you can praise God in the drop place. He's already worked it out. He's already worked it out. Stop being so tense and stressed out about your situation. Here's why you're tense and stressed out about it. You can't change it. <laughs> and because you can't change it, you stressed out about it. Mm, God help me right here. And this is where God really steps in. He said, give it to me. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Why, why are you going to walk around with it? Look, I, I know, look, I got kids. They, they stressing me out. They all went skating last night. Didn't get home. To what time, Aaliyah? One o'clock? She's saying no. <laughs> but, but I was stressed out the whole time because they in the car with somebody else. They all the way in Roxborough. I'm in Caswell. You know what? I say, why am I stressing out? Lord, watch over them. I'm trying to help somebody right in through here. Why am I going to be up looking at my phone trying to see where they at on the app? You know I had that, did you? (laughs) 
<laughs> I just busted a few parents out of here too. <laughs> but why am I gonna stress out about it when I know God has, is in control? There is nothing I can do. Now I'm not saying don't take pr protective measures, but there are some things that we can stress out too much about. God didn't design us to be all stressed out, hair falling out, being gray before we time to be gray. <laughs> God designed us to be able to follow his instruction, to rest in his will. Come on, stand to your feet. We get ready for communion. <laughs> I didn't gave my secret out. My daughter know I'm following her now. Thank you for joining us at Van Street Baptist Church. Please make sure to visit our website and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss a message. We are live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if this message touched you, we would love to hear from you. Or if you'd simply tell a friend, family member, or someone close to you to check us out. You can find all of our contact links in the show description below. And thank you again for joining us, and God bless you.